Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, gang. Before we get into the podcast... Just a quick shout out to the sponsors and make sure you have a listen to this because there's some great savings to be had. The podcast wouldn't exist without the amazing support that I get from a handful of companies. Skilled Athlete, Ironside Coffee, Kill Capture, Brother Shave, Sword Australia and Aussie Strength. Six amazing companies all set up and run by veterans. All of these businesses have a Warrior U discount code to receive savings on all their products. Do you know what generally gets me through writing the questions, recording, editing, etc., 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 the podcast? Coffee. And there's coffee, and then there's Ironside Coffee. Ironside is the call sign of the Armoured Corps. And when you call in the armour, you mean business. Ironside Coffee is your armour against the busiest day, the most hectic of schedules, and the pressures of life. Think of them when you need caffeine fire support. Check out the website and use the code WARRIOR to save a further 10% off the already amazing prices. Ironside Coffee. Get yourself some. Is that good? Yeah, that's perfect. One, two, three. A little bit too close. Um, Okay. If you're listening to this, that means that you're on a road trip with Bram and Reese through the stop sign, and um, we're driving from Charters Towers to Townsville at 5.09, armed with coffee. That's your cue. Yep. Um, we definitely do have coffee. We're, <laughs> we're going to talk about, today we're going to talk about leadership but in particular, we're going to discuss mining leadership and army leadership and how they're the same and how they're different. Alrighty, I'll get the ball rolling. Okay, you've heard me say before that leadership is getting other people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. And we do this through purpose, motivation, and direction. Alrighty. So leadership should just be the same across every organization shouldn't it Reese? well you'd hope so but it's clearly not is it you know i think that's one of the things we've identified with the mining industry uh and in particular obviously um the current uh, company that we're uh, contracted with or work with is uh, piper um that there are similarities there between the culture of the military or in particular the special forces and the culture of mining uh, sector, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, okay, so when we're talking to them about leadership, I quite often give the analogy that the military and leadership are really similar because, you know, in the military I would write orders and, you know, I would gather my intelligence, write orders, brief my platoon or team or section or whatever it, or whatever it would be, and then we would 
we would then launch on that mission and at some point the enemy gets a vote um, you know the enemy gets to test your plan they get to shoot at you and in the mining sector it's really similar because you know they they gather their intelligence they um, they charge all the face up and everything they come up they do a handover to their cross shift the shift has a, a dedicated plan a shift plan they brief that shift plan to varying degrees of success and and then at some point when they do the re-entry the mine gets a vote the mine the mine gets to say hey you know this plan doesn't work today or this plan does work today yeah i agree i think um the other thing that's i found interesting about um the mining industry in particular um especially gold mining okay is that um the setups are quite similar to, you know, a unit being on operations, uh, basing themselves out of an FOB, and moving outside the wire into obviously um, into the badlands. Where in the mining sector they have very much the same setup. You know, they'll have their uh, workers' camps where they operate out of. Then they'll go to the site, which is the FOB, for a better word. And then when they move out from the FOB, it's down into the hole or into the mine itself, which is, you know, the hole where being the, the Badlands is. Yeah, the, the hole. Through the portal. Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear um, some, um, some of my mine terminology that um, miners have never heard. <laughs> so the similarities of just the setup um, are quite um, similar. Similarities of setup are quite similar. Anyway. But the other thing is the way they deliver their um, daily plans, okay? So it's just like, as you said, Bram, it's like delivering a set of orders prior to a mission. The only thing that um, I've seen that they don't do is probably rehearsal side of things. Yeah, agreed. You know, it's uh, they deliver a plan, which is a quick set of orders, uh, and then they go out and execute that plan and obviously make sure all the supporting mechanisms are in place. Yeah. And the delivery of that changes depending on what site, the experience level, as it would in the military, uh, experience levels of the shift supervisors. Yeah, I guess it's important to say that what we're talking about at the moment isn't purely leadership. What we're talking about at the moment is all of the mechanics around conveying a plan and although that is a, a part of leadership is communication so where, where the army has it you know really quite you know what the really what the army has done really well is to brief its junior commanders on how to stand up in front of a group of peers and convey information and convey information in such a way that they go and carry out a series of tasks to the standard or the intent of that commander whereas I think the mining industry is a little bit it's a it's a long way behind being able to convey that that same intent and there's a few things missing from my mind for instance you know when we give a, a section section orders you know you, you're giving group task purpose to each of those groups and each one of those purpose to each group is generally a supporting role or a main effort or a secondary effort for another for another element they're all intertwined, and I mean this is only this is only at SMEAC level. This isn't now. This isn't now at you know mission planning level for a company or a battalion or or a regiment where you're starting to have your um, you know decision decision points and 
you know, different courses of action and, you know, lines of operation and things like that. Yeah, right, yeah. I think that's where the, uh, the difference in the leadership, so if we have a look at the way um, they do their planning at a mine site, you know, and I'm not talking about uh, all mine sites, I'm just talking about the ones that we've been to and we've uh, worked in uh, currently, is that, you know, they have their three-month plan, they have their monthly plan, and they break it down into their weekly plan, and then from there they do their daily tasking. You know, so if we were to look at that in a um, in a military sense, you'd probably look at that and say, well, we've got the strat- strategic plan or the campaign plan, um, and we all work towards that campaign plan. So within the mining industry, it's obviously, you know, their uh, three-month plan is to m- mine as much ore as they can get out of the mine within that three-month plan. Some, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, but there's a whole bunch of variables um, that can... Uh, stop them from achieving that out, uh, uh, that that goal. If there's any mining engineers actually listening to this right now, I apologise in advance for our um, lack of understanding of a longer, the longer life cycle of yeah. the mine outside the three-month plan. Yeah. So with regards to the way that information's conveyed, and just saying it again, I, I think the, the, mine, the miners do a bloody good job considering there's no formal education like there is in the military. And let's, let's make it really abundantly clear right the miners their product is ore and and in the army our product is leadership actually yeah. so so they're studying it you're studying leadership as a junior leader through to through to where we left all the time it's not a it's it's not a case of there's something else that we're trying to produce other than effects on the battlefield but actually our out the thing that we produce is is leaders leadership um whereas the miners that they're not there to do that and so it's only it's only a requirement of theirs to be able to do some sort of conveyance of a plan just to get the day underway um although we saw a pretty good we saw a pretty good leader didn't we in one of the uh, shift bosses and let's just before we get on to some sort of mining leadership 101 why was that shift boss um so good Bruce? Mate, I think it was because uh, he was confident, number one, and he's got a very strong knowledge base, and that, you know, that a lot add to your confidence. The other thing is, is that he broke it down into simple portions that he could control when he was delivering his actual plan. Okay, so if, if I can just set the scene, you know, for, for listeners is, he went into a room, and he set up that room in a way that was conducive to being, to giving direction. And what I mean by that is he got his chairs, he laid them out in his, uh, his uh, um, rank and file. Let's yeah, use that, rank and file. So every one of that, the uh, people on his shift had a seat to sit in and was directly facing him when he stood up behind um, his table to deliver his plan. The other thing that he had was... Uh, and we talk about this all the time when we do instruction, is the ability pro- to project his voice. So, you know, you're talking at about, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning when they do their brief, um, and, you know, people are tired. That's just the way it is. So his ability to be able to project, to project his voice to the back of the room, you know, makes people sit up and listen. Yeah, I agree. And I think that one of the reasons that he 
he in particular is so successful as you said was because of his knowledge base to start with and that and in the American model in the American leadership model you know um, FM no put you on the spot FM FM something um, in the in the American leadership model be know and do you know he, he well and truly has the know of 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 what it is that he needs to to do <laughs> does that yeah. make sense yeah. so because of that he's as you say more confident but for me the other aspect to to why he was so effective was energy and I can't stress this enough to young leaders especially any young corporals that might be listening to this um, or anyone in in the civilian world that's in a junior sort of leadership role and there's a difference between a junior leadership role and a senior leadership role when it comes to energy but but with energy you know for a junior leader and a, and a junior minor at that sort of shift supervisor level it's everything because you have to be able to bounce from thing to thing you have to be able to sell a plan you have to ha- you have to be positive provide positivity um, because you know as I always say positivity is, is contagious but the ability for him to be energetic in not only delivering the plan but also and then following up on what everyone's doing and I mean I used to do this as a corporal too I don't even I, I can't believe that this has disappeared out of the army from what I've heard yeah, look, I think you're right in what you said. He, his his energy level was high throughout um, the shift, you know, and, and every shift that he uh, that he actually uh, was involved in as the shift boss. Um, so I think that's key. Yeah, Brent, yeah, I think that's key. One of the starkest examples I have of leadership is an energy transference, and and if you are not a very good leader, this can make you a great leader. We were when we were in Afghanistan at one point. We pulled out of the green belt, had all the vehicles in a in a vehicle drop off up in the dashed up in the up in the desert plateau, and it was freezing cold. And we'd been we'd either been fighting all all day or manoeuvring to fight all day. And I was um, in the acting. I was the opso, but I was acting as the company sergeant major at the time. And I got out of out of my vehicle and went around every single vehicle now remember there's an officer in charge as well there's someone above me but he's he was doing something for the night he was doing orders for that for that evening so i went i went around to every single vehicle checked on the guys made sure they're okay asked if they wanted to help clean any of the weapons i think i might have even made a couple of cups of coffee for people you know and then See, that would have been bad for them <laughs> yeah i do <laughs> oh god you may be the patron saint of uh of common sense, but I am definitely the <laughs> I am definitely the, the patron saint of making a bad bloody coffee. Um, yeah, and so that that is an energy transference, right? Yeah, and they is. used to teach that. And I think they still do. I think you know within the military, obviously that we, that was the sergeant major's job, right? That was the platoon sergeant's 100%. job. That was the sergeant major's job. Well-being, two, two troops, ICs. all that type of stuff. Yeah, section two, two ICs. ICs. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and we we went through that, and I think this is what um, the point of that uh, is: is that structure, right? Yeah. At every level, we're going through and we're learning new leadership yeah. to give us the ability to go to that next level, whether that's a team, a section, a platoon, a company, that type of thing. Yeah, and I've been I've been really impressed with how Pi Bar. Um, the mining company that I work for and that, that, that you contract to, um, I've been really impressed with how fast they've they've adopted 
that sort of structure and how fast they've they've seen you know when you show them what good looks like and you and you give the shift supervisors a chance to to apply a template over the top of their morning follow it very fast they've been very quick to adopt it and it's it's quite successful yeah 100 percent. i mean these are you know these are smart men and women you know if i'm honest like and their ability and this is what i I like about it and what draws me towards it is um that they're able to pick things up very quickly and, and and put them in in place and action them straight away and that's you know that's that's the army that was the military that we came from I think you know? I think any any sort of soldiers, um, infantry soldiers especially, but and maybe I'm just saying that because that's that's the only thing I really truly know. I mean, I obviously understand a lot about the army, but I know I know infantry sort of you know truly know it. But I think that those guys, if you do your your return of service, and or if you do eight years, or if you're a corporal or you know a sergeant, and you, and you want a, a new career I think that mining's as long as you're willing to put in the hard work I think mining's probably not a bad option yeah I think you know when we, we one of our last podcasts I think we did was on transitioning from ADF and oh, yeah. um, if I'm more uh, if you know if I'm honest I think um, the mining sector and those practical um, experienced jobs if I could use that is is something that would make uh, an easy transition yeah. for a defence person. Oh, and what know? they bring, what a, what a corporal and sergeant brings, and, and even even a senior digger, yep. what what they what they bring to the party is they've already been trained in leadership, and so so they they'll never have to worry about that because when they get the opportunity, they they'll know how to do that. Like it's no different to in the military in my mind at all the way that the way that it's set up. Yeah, right. So, you know. So within the in the military, you know, we, we we learn leadership, but we also learn how to be led. Okay, so and what I mean by that is we have, you know, um, we have varying degrees of leadership in the military. Even you know, there's not you know you have a good leader, you have a bad leader. You'll follow some leaders, uh, others, you, you know, you, you get behind, but you're not really following them. You're just waiting for that next best leader to come in. Yeah. Well, the mining sector isn't isn't. Um, so different from that you know they have good shift bosses they have um, not so good shift I won't say bad but not so good shift bosses and what happens shift bosses under development (laughs) yeah and what and you're 100% right about energy transfer and I've heard it uh, this week the changing of that one person into a certain team or crew yeah uh, has all the effect needed for that crew to get back on its game and you know, do yeah. its job effectively. Yeah, there's a there's a saying in the army. You know, there's no such thing as a as a bad soldier, just bad leaders, and, and so it is with mining. There's no such thing as a bad miner, just bad bad leaders. You know, yeah. um, I've, I I quite often talk about triage stimulus. You know, and having a lot going on at once. And right now, I've got um, an earpiece in my left ear, which is giving me the feedback from the podcast. I'm holding a microphone. I'm driving, I'm on cruise control, I've got high beams on automatic going on and off and I've got a cup of coffee and I'm prioritising things and I'm, I've got to say in, in sort of the way that, the way that I'm prioritising things as we're doing this drive, I think the coffee is probably priority number one 
um, followed by the high beams and I think the cruise control is taking care of itself but we haven't actually tested this yet against a rogue kangaroo <laughs> so no, my yet. priorities may shift quickly to the coffee <laughs> and then the brakes yeah, we'll see how we go um, yeah we're not kicking the ass out of it though but anyway yeah so leadership in the in the military is is leadership and leadership in the mining sector is leadership except the difference is sometimes you know in in the in the army you're leading people who want to be led however in the mining industry sometimes you're leading people who don't want to be led at all yeah right and Look, it comes, you know, we've said it uh, a number of times now, but it comes okay, to structure, right? Okay, that isn't the indicators. That's the wipers. Yeah, that was the wipers, though. Yeah. But okay. it comes down to structure, and structure is it not only within the organisation, but the way you present the information that you want people to do the job right. So yeah. one of the things... Well, do you, uh, think, do you think that's because the Army has the Defence Force Disciplinary Act, and that's why... That's why they're able to be effective leaders, and there is nothing like that in mining other than you lose your job. Yeah, I think there is that, but it's the structure as well. So it's not just a um, a manual that says, you know, if you muck up, you're going to get charged, right? So it's not that. So, and, and to be honest, I think, you know, as a junior soldier under an effective leader... Um, there wasn't really real much room to be charged anyway. I mean, you really had to mess up pretty big, really, uh, to be charged. But as you went through the ranks, you know, that kind yeah, of fell off, fell away, didn't it? Yeah, I, I, you know? I agree. I think we make too much of the DFDA, to be honest. Yeah, you know, so as you became more of a professional, um, you know, that's when that was needed. But in the mining sector, they don't have anything like that, but they do. And what I mean is they have their special operating procedures, funnily enough, like we do in the military. Um, and they have a counselling process. So well, I do. suppose the they DFDA for mining is in there and it's in the counselling process and it's in uh, their reprimand process, you know. So when we get, well, talking about the structure, you know, when we look at the way they deliver things, you know, generally what I've seen over the last few months is you know, they'll have a look at their shift plan, they'll write it on a shift plan, and then they'll have uh, their notes. So just for listeners, you know, the shift plan is just, it's a um, Excel spreadsheet that uh, outlines um, what they're going to achieve in that shift. Which is 12 uh, hours. Which is a 12 hour shift, but they break it down into 30 minute lots, uh, and they've got individuals assigned to um, each uh, heading as they call it yep. and you may you know you may be a bogger operator you may be a truck driver uh, electrician service person so on and so on so you get the picture it's very um, similar to the way we set up it's it's a, a, a group yeah it's execution yeah it's right the execution. so yeah 100 percent. so it is the execution but when we look at it we could say or put smack directly over the top of it. I think it's a I think it is actually a mud map or a mud model or a sand table, whatever you whatever wherever you come from, um, on an Excel spreadsheet. It is. But that is their checking document, right? So if anything goes bad within the mine uh, on a daily yeah. basis, Got it. that is the document that they will bring out and go, right, 
uh, what were we meant to be doing at that time? Yeah, it's legislatively it? required to be exactly in everyone's pocket. Exactly right. Every yeah. miner is meant to carry mm. that, right? Mm. The, the issue I have with it is all the information that they need to give and deliver their shift plan is on that piece of paper, but they don't do it, mm. right? You know, some do, don't get me wrong, some do, but then they have their notes page, okay? Right. So now we're in introducing uh, another format or anything like that. But, but having said that, I used to have a, a notebook and pen that I would write. Yeah, yeah. That I would write, right, yeah. you know, uh, one section, two section, three section, section group, their group, their task, yeah, their task or, or group or mission, ta- group mission task purpose, yeah. um, and 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 that would be hand, I would hand write that based off of either an overlay or a sand table. Yeah. So and that's what they're doing. But when we look at it from a military sense, and we say, right, everyone in the military understands SMEAC and uses SMEAC. But if you go from site to site, the way they deliver that plan is different. Right. And so we're going to create. A mining smeak, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah, um, and the, the issue for me is that with a twelve-hour mining shift, a crew, so that could be two people on services. It might be someone on a truck, someone on a bogger. Um, a bogger is a front-end front-end loader shovel sort of thing. Um, someone on a jumbo, which is the which is the very expensive piece of equipment that. Um, you know, drills into the rock, drills into the rock or, or, you know, bores into the face or, you know, so that they can lay charges. Um, or scaling, which means to bring down the loose rocks. So so you've got all these different or you've got all these different crews and those crews in a twelve hour shift might have three or four jobs. So they might have their first job of the day, their sort of main job of the day, their secondary job of the day, and then and then they're triaging things as it comes by the shift supervisor saying right we need this done now we need that done and and they should be but they they don't but we're bringing this in slowly they should be fighting for work as well looking for work fighting for jobs as we used to say yep um but if you so if you're listening to this and you're a young soldier or a corporal or a sergeant and you think that sounds similar it's because it is there's just there's just not the same templated standard across the industry so that it looks the same everywhere. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is. And, and look, the other thing that I've noticed is, you know, where we train, you know, the person below and the person above, um, that's lacking in the mining industry at the moment, you know. So everyone's got their job and, and people are very proficient at their job. You'll get your ones and twos that will, you know, pass that knowledge on because, you know, as we always used to say, knowledge... Um, Dispels fear. Yeah, knowledge dispels fear. <laughs> That's probably fear. not the good one. You know, yeah. um, that does. But knowledge is also power, right? That's what they, you know, oh, yeah. knowledge is power. I've got the knowledge. You don't have the knowledge. Therefore, I'm senior than you, which which is false. Okay? Yeah. It's false. Um, what we need to do with the knowledge is pass it on to the ones below us and at, at times the ones above us. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think um, we can fix within the mining sector is that ability to do the OJT type thing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Within the mind, you know, so that's part of the leadership um, process that they've got to learn and execute. Yeah, and if we, you know, if we think about the fact that you, you can't, clean a staircase from the bottom stair working your way up you've got to start at the top down you know I've seen some examples of some really good leadership in mining as I have in in the ADF and I've seen some some really poor leadership um, and I do think that there's and, and Pi Bar quite uh, makes quite a concerted effort to train their senior leaders as well it's, it takes time though because you know it's you know what is the how do they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks yeah exactly but, right but they're they're coming around and the industry's coming around too the industry's getting getting better and better at at the senior level understanding the modern workforce which is the same the same problem the ADF had you know with the new with the new workforce with the new millennium with the new millennials you know with and and also society we've moved on from those days of bastardization and you know, and using ridicule and and the like as a as a forms of <laughs> you know motivation. Yeah. You know, I mean, Contact counselling. I mean, I'm 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 happy that ADF has moved a little bit away from that sort of stuff as well. To be fair. Yeah, um, so am I, mate. I mean, I I think mean when we got grown to, up attitude towards when we got to special forces, right? there was none of that. No, there wasn't. Isn't that interesting? No. Um, and that was yeah, 15 years prior to leaving. So, so I was surprised that it was still going on actually when I heard it. Um, but I think the, the talking to the the old miners is the same. There's 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 less and less control because they're not able to take someone down into a bloody pocket of the mine and give them a throttling. But so they have to actually be leaders as opposed to bullies. And it's yeah. the same in the army. You've got to be a leader. You can't be a bully. Yeah, I think the other one that um, we don't um, we don't acknowledge well is lessons learned, right? Yeah. So. You know, the things that we introduce now in our leadership um, training, you know, when we talk to those miners that have been around for a few decades or a couple of decades, their, their response to us is, oh, yeah, we've seen this before. God, I hate that. You know, oh, yeah, we used to do this. Yeah. And you're like, well, well, that's lessons learned, right? That's, that's something you've been through. You've done it. You know it works. Why aren't we continuing to do it? Yeah. And there's an... You know, the, the elephant in the room for me is the the fact that mining's about is really just about money, right? Obviously, it's all about money and, and bottom line and dollar. And if leadership didn't work, they wouldn't use it at all because yeah. because they're so focused on the bottom line yeah. in absolutely everything. And to the to the point where they run twenty four hour operations, so those vehicles are paying for themselves because a, a million dollar piece of jumbo that's not working is is losing money. Yeah, and I suppose like, and I know you've mentioned it before, mate. That's their purpose, right? That's their purpose is, you know, to make money. So that's a pretty. If I'm honest, I think that's a pretty weak purpose. What about you? Yeah, I, I think it's the same as having a purpose to kill the enemy. To, to be brutally frank. Um, as a key performance indicator of his success is body count. I don't think that's 
it, it, it's, uh, well, we're going to find out uh, <laughs> sooner or later. You know, it's one of those... It, it, how do I put There's this? There's got to be more to then than just, you know, making that money. If a person can come to work and enjoy yeah. his job, enjoy the people he works with in, and be, you know, learning from his supervisory team, um, he gets a new focus and he gets a new purpose, yeah. the money will come, right? People, people will disagree with me about the army's purpose shouldn't be body count, but let me just let me just rephrase it. It didn't work for the Germans. <laughs> um, it's It has to be... It has to be a holistic application of military force and also military ability in order to change a population. To, to it's an extension of politics. So, if body counts was was the way that we would be effective, then you know, yeah, it's not very. You know, effective. there's been plenty of there's been plenty of battles won where the enemy where the enemy, you know, killed more people than the people who won the war. You know. Um, populist uprisings notwithstanding etc etc but it's the same with mining we say you know mining well it's not because they're hopefully not going out looking for body counts but what they are doing is trying to get ore onto the rom pad which means that that they have profits yeah right and the the thing is you think you think that's what would make a mining company profitable is having the ore on the rom pad to then turn into a product to sell but actually, it's it, it's it's not as much about that as it is about not wasting money on the equipment, not wasting money on the rehiring, not wasting money on the uh, personal protective equi- equipment, and then you could you can accept a slightly less amount of ore on the rom pad because you you're not pissing the rest of it down the drain. Yeah, right. And, and that's where leadership comes in. Yeah, it does, and. The other thing, you know, you just triggered something that I heard this week about. Are you okay, you mate? Know, our, I'm always worried when I hear triggered. You're right. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm good. Okay. Um, is that, you know, one of the comments made by one of the senior leadership was, um, you know, our most important resource is the ore and yeah. getting the metres and tonnes. Well, that certainly wasn't from the project manager we've got over in Western Australia. And she said to me, our most important resource is our people. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because if you, and that, that was actually what I was going to raise, yeah. is that if you don't have the people, you ain't getting the metres, you ain't getting the tonnes, and therefore you're not making money. Yeah. And another similarity between, and, and they don't know it's a similarity, but another similarity between the ADF, or the Army in particular, and infantry even further down, and mining, is that novices talk tactics and experts talk logistics. And, I mean, I try and tell any young soldier who contacts me about their uh, going through sub-2 or, or any officer who's on their COAC, you know, I'm like, you know, it's, it's not so much about the tactics of it because there's only so many tactics unless you're in a special forces environment where you can think well and truly out of the box. There's only so many tactics you can apply to a problem. But the logistics is the mathematics behind it. If the logistics don't support your tactical plan, you're gonna fail. And it's the same with the mine. When 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 the penny drops when you see these mine foremen, especially when you say to them, why are you not talking to the maintenance foreman every day? And and why is there no dovetailed three month maintenance plan against the projected mine plan so that those vehicle services support or are in downtime and support the mining plan? 
And my God, it's so similar, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is, you know, because if you don't have the equipment or the personnel, then you're not getting the job done. And yeah. we've seen that across the sites. Yeah. And I think if we... I on Yeah, so sort of to wrap this one up, you know, the leadership is really quite similar. Army leadership is is good because that's what they're in the business of creating. The mining leadership's got a way to go, but it's getting better and it's and it's moving into this new era. I think young soldiers who are getting out, you know, guys and girls, have a look at have a look at mining as an alternative. Hey, and you know what? Reach out to me. Actually reach out to me and talk to me about who you are and I'll put you in contact with HR and Piber and if you're looking for a mining career and maybe we can work out some sort of you know plan and i guess it's you know you come in as a nipper yeah and yep. and, and and a nipper is a, is someone who you know is fee, is being shown the ropes basically and you're helping the jumbo operator um you're doing a little bit of time on everything to be fair he's tailing charlie mate he's yeah. learning his trade yeah and then you move from there to being a, a truck driver where you're sitting in an air-conditioned cab all day um, hopefully they're air conditioned, you know, and and you and you're going up and down and, and either taking waste or ore out of the mine. Um, and then you move on to something a little bit more technical with the boggers. So you where where you are now, the area that they've, you know, blown up to use a technical term. Um, <laughs> you're then sifting through that ore with your front end loader, big front end loader, and then putting it in the back of a truck, um, and then there's the jumbo operator which is obviously the high, highest skilled person down there in some regards who are uh, using a piece of equipment to to bore holes in the face so they can then have the charge up crew come along and put you know charges in in the in the rock um and then twice a day they they blow those charges and the mining cycle starts again but they also work uh what what is it two and two sometimes yep so two weeks on two weeks off some places are an eight and six yeah, so eight days yeah there's different mines have different different schedules and sometimes they've got different schedules within different mines as well within the actual you know couple cruise, of yeah, crews yeah. um but i do think it's a it's a good job and, and if you go into it and don't get the golden handcuffs if you go into it and and with a plan a five-year plan to make you know shift supervisor in five years and then maybe you want to stay in as a mine foreman and so on and so forth or perhaps or perhaps you just want to do the dash for cash and live in bali work for two weeks in two weeks in australia and live in bali for two weeks well then whatever floats your boat you know um but it is is definitely a good old a good landing after defense after the adf yeah definitely especially if you like getting your hands dirty yeah i've got to say I think the hours suck. <laughs> like, it's a six to six day, and that means generally a four thirty, four thirty in the morning, get up and get to bed about nine thirty. And I'm a, you know me, mate. I love my sleep. That's where Jocko, that's where Jocko and I violently disagree. That and women in combat. We're not, we're not. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So back of the day. So um, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those jobs I think should be looked at pretty seriously. Yeah, especially for defence personnel across all services. I think um, 
they'd really, especially transitioning out, if they don't know what they're doing, I think it's one of those things that they'd uh, pick up pretty quick. Oh, I also think, you know, a lieutenant colonel or, or a major from engineers, you know, project, project management in the mines is definitely worth looking at. Um, you don't need to be a miner to be a project manager in a mine. You just need to be a good project manager. Yeah, and, I th- and, and what we're saying there is, you know, if we've got a guy who's been in the military for, you know, maybe four years, he's just done his, you know, what's that medal they get now, the ADM or whatever it is? So that's a four-year guy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yep, yep. So he's, he's done his service and he uh, wants a new uh, career path. And the funny thing is he goes to the mining sector and he's got he's been taught effective leadership and he's probably been taught by some very good leaders in that four years. He or she. He or she. Um, guys, guys, I call everyone guys, or team. Team. And um, then he goes into the mining realm. He's got that background and he's able to work um, up through the ranks, say, mm. uh, quite quickly. And we've even heard that from some of the, um, the shift bosses that, you know, defence guys bring, you know, just enthusiasm, I suppose, mm. you know. Oh. to the job and there we have it we've we've wrapped it all the way back around to one of the fundamentals of leadership which is energy <laughs> you know go in there being energetic you know listen you know don't tell too many war stories because I've told most of them um, you've written a couple of books right <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> Jesus and so yeah uh, re- reach out to us anyway if you want to have a chat and um, yeah, and we'll have a chat to you about leadership in the, in the mines and where your place would be in it depending on who you are and what rank you have and, and the like and, and what mines to reach out for um, but yeah anything else to add on leadership? Uh, don't be scared of the unknown just face it head on just stay in the army <laughs> um, righto that's the end of that podcast the theory of leadership First of all, the theory has to have an explanation of what leadership is. So, and I've said it said it before. So, leadership is getting someone else to do what you want them to do because they want to do it, and we do that through providing purpose, motivation, and direction. So, the the purpose a leader gives the purpose, and this is like your you know Simon Sinek talks about the why. So, do you know what I mean? So Simon, so if Simon Sinek's talking about find your why, but it's the same with a leader in an organisation. You need to find the why of the of the crew, um, and it, you you know sometimes they try and make the why about moving ore up onto the rom pad, but actually the why should be more about the teamwork, more about getting through and having a a good day more about the safety around it no damage to equipment you know the the, what they should be striving to achieve in their purpose is for everyone to go home safe at the end of the day because it is a it can be a dangerous well it is a dangerous environment it is and then the next part of that is the motivation and the motivation is done in many ways you know it can be incentivized through through a financial system, in which case most shift supervisors don't have, um, don't actually have any control over that, or the motivation can be done through their mannerisms and their energy. And you've heard me say it already today: leadership's an energy transference, so that motivates people. Um, it can be through a succession plan, performance um, annual um, performance reviews, 
and the motivations you know can be simply keeping everyone's job you know mind on the job because at the end of the two weeks they get two weeks off they work half a year they get paid you know i know that everyone will argue that they want more money most people want more money but they get paid pretty well commensurate for working half a year and then the final aspect to the leadership um, theory is direction so a leader has to provide direction which comes down to a, to a whole heap of things but primarily communication which again is wrapped up in the motivation because communication is part of that energy transference you have to be able to communicate and you have to communicate often I've got a, a, a saying to any junior leaders who I'm in charge of it's communicate everything and communicate often and that's up and down the chain of command um, in fact you, 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 you and I talk about this a lot, Reese. I, I have a tendency to de- deliberately drown my seniors, so people above me, in too much information so they leave me the hell alone. <laughs> so I provide them with more than they need to give me breathing space to, to carry out whatever it is below me. And you can do that in, you can do that in lots of ways. Like, you know, you get your signaler to pass on information up the chain on your behalf on occurrence and then you come back to it afterwards and it's the same with with mining you know if you've got a general manager of another you know of the other company that you're subcontracting for you're passing them on daily updates or you know weekly updates and then maybe ringing them every now and again and scheduling stuff in you know. yeah right but what 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 does that do to the supervisory staff do you think you know seeing that level of communication up the chain make makes in, them more comfortable yeah it makes them more comfortable and it instills a level of confidence in um, or them into you that you are doing your job to the best of your ability mm. and they'll leave you alone they mm. will because they don't have to worry about you and that's what it, I, I think that's the other thing about leadership at, at, at the higher levels is they want the supervisors under them to lead so they don't have to does that make sense you know, so they want them to take responsibility for their crews, for their job, for their tasks, and complete it, but keeping a well-informed net up the chain so the uh, hierarchy or the um, higher echelon uh, of command has confidence in that crew's ability. It does make sense. I was just drinking coffee. Um, yeah, no, I agree. So purpose, motivation, direction, getting getting other people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it works both in the military and in the mining sector and the one of the magic parts of that or one of the key aspects to that is building a fan base so you don't have to you don't have to have everyone love you but you have to have people be fans of the way that you go about doing your business in fact if 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 you're too close to too many people it becomes quite difficult to lead to be fair um, you can have your core group of friends but you know I, I tend to try and be friendly to, to anyone who I'm in charge of but I don't build meaningful relationships with those people at that time it's just it's just well first of all I'm too bloody busy and secondly it's just, it can be a conflict of interest yeah look I was just thinking about um, you know leadership styles actually so and the funny thing about that is I remember a time when I was a recruit instructor at 1RTB. Are you talking like participative, directive and delegative? Uh, no, I'm actually no. not. I'm talking okay. about um, a leader's approach to communicating with his people. Oh, 
Yeah, well, I said this to you the other day. I think I think some people's personalities just aren't right for leadership. Right. So, you know, my one of my experiences when I was a recruit instructor at 1RTB was we used to have different, um, I suppose, tiers of instructor, we'll call it. Um, and But one in particular that always stands out in my mind is the screamer. Right? Yeah. And that guy, his, his tone, his mannerisms, his volume never changed. It was just loud the whole time. So it lacks impact. So it lacks impact, mm. you know. So just your ability to change your approach uh, in the way you deliver something has an effect on your team. Yeah. And we know that, right? So that screamer, you know, when you start screaming and, at people all the time, they, they, they switch off, right? Yeah. Yeah, they switch off. And then all of a sudden, you've lost everything. Where if at a point where you are, you know, you talk normally to people and you give them respect, and that's another thing. Yeah. You know, you give them respect, then obviously you're going to get that work effort yeah. out or that work effort out of those individuals. Windmill. Right, eh? Sorry, it's a windmill. And, w- and when you do raise your voice, they actually sit up better and they listen. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. There was a windmill back there. That's one nil. Um, no, I didn't. Yeah, that's right. That's why I am the East Coast windmill champion from 2008 oh through 2016. God, you should write a book about that. All right. One of the worst leaders I've seen... Um, I love having a podcast because I can just slay pricks. One of the worst <laughs> leaders I've seen who's going to be a character in my next book um, is the guy who talks about themselves all the time <laughs> says him who just talks about himself for the last 10 but um yeah you know you know hey, enough about me yeah. what do you think about me yeah so so i've left a couple of interactions with different people um over the years and in 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 the adf and in mining where when you talk to them for half an hour and you know everything about them and they don't know anything about you because they've never asked you one thing and then it's, it isn't surprising to know that that person is not an effective leader either um, because they're either, they've either got an ego. And what did we say the other day? Ego has to Transfer. converge to maturity. maturity in order for someone to be effective. Yes. And if you don't let that ego go or check that ego at the door, then you end up being either arrogant, a bully, or non-effective because you're talking about yourself the whole time and your experiences and not getting the best out of the crew. Yeah, and you're not listening, you know, and that's, you know, one of the first things of leadership is always to listen, right? You've got a voice, but you've got to listen to other people. Yeah, I'm putting together a list of leadership superpowers at the moment, and I think listening is up there with one of those superpowers of a leader. You know, what's your superpower? What's your leadership superpower, Reese? Oh, I think um, initially off the bat would probably be presence. Presence. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that in you. You have a force of presence when you walk in a room. Um, in fact, I think they wrote a song about you, didn't they? Like... <laughs> oh, God, I'm not going to even say it. What's that one where you walked in off of your yacht into the room? He's so vain. Yeah, probably well, think this song is I'd, about you. Yeah, I'd never own a yacht anyway, but anyway. Um, I shall never sing on the podcast again. Yeah, and that's great. That's why you write books. 
and um, yeah, pre- when, you know, presence presence is definitely a leadership superpower. Being present in the conversation, being present in the moment, yeah. um, being present in the counselling, being present in the plan, most importantly, um, and and yeah, and when you're doing a briefing, you know, it sort of you, some people are born, you know, when you're six foot. What are you? Six foot six hundred? Six, six foot three. Six three. And what are you now? Two hundred and sixty kilo? Yeah, whatever, mate. Um, you know, you, you sort of demand a little bit of respect, I guess, but when you walk into a room you have presence. You know, when when you're only, you know, like I am, you're like, you know, six foot what am I? Six <laughs> one. Today with your high heels. Eighty on. eighty kilograms. You know, it, it has to be done in another way. Um and and for a while there, I sort of mistook, you know, arrogance and confidence yeah. um, back in the day, but uh, sort of worked that out pretty quick. But yeah, so I think my leadership superpower is positivity. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, yeah. yeah. You're a morning person, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I go to bed early. Um Hey man, this is gonna be an amazing day. And you're like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> okay, you want a coffee? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I think positivity is definitely a leadership superpower. And you know, if you're not good at something, just be positive at it. Oh uh, god. And then, and with positivity, I guess comes energy. Although, although that's not, I, I understand. I have to inject energy into it. I'm actually not a super energetic person like some leaders are. I'm energetic, but I'm not. It's not my superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. It's a secondary power. I think you're a great manager of time, mate, if I'm honest. You know, your your time management skills are very, very good. I know. Look at the time. What time is it? Six o'clock. Right. 6.01, actually. And my indicator is on. And where are we pulling into? Oh, we're going for coffee. Look at that. Six (laughs) o'clock. Time management. You're fucking right. I am fucking good at time management. (laughs) All right, we're done. Out. Hey, everyone. It's Bram Connolly here, retired Special Forces operator and officer with over 20 years in the Australian Army. I want to tell you a little bit about the Warrior U program that forms the basis of the Warrior U website. The program has been designed to help anyone aspiring to join the Australian Defence Force. There's a tailored fitness program based on simple movements that ensures you get from zero to hero in the time frame that you have available. There's lessons on military skills and culture. Lessons are self-paced and there are quizzes to help reinforce the learning. Some of the topics include weapon types, navigation theory, survival, and there's fieldcraft lessons too, just to name a few. There's also a mental resilience block of training. The main aspect of the program, though, is the access to mentors who've either held positions within the Defence Force recruiting or recruit or officer instructors and even some Special Forces selection staff. So no matter what you want to do in the ADF, we have a mentor to assist and provide advice. Check out the website on www.warrioru.com.au. That's warrior and the letter U.